Well, hello, friends. You're listening to the Star City Podcast, and I'll be your host today. My name is Brian Smith, and we're talking with a good friend of mine who serves on mission and ministry with the International Mission Organization, SIM, which stands for Sudan Interior Missions. But their reach with the gospel today now spans around the world. I can't give you the name or location of where my friend is currently serving for safety reasons. So for today, my brother, we'll just call you Steve. (laughs) So Steve, welcome to the Star City Podcast. And thank you, brother, for taking time to talk with us for a few minutes about the work of, of Sudan Interior Missions and your role in ministry with them. Thank you, Brian. Good to be here with you. Now, um, how long have you been approximately serving with SIM? Since 2017. Okay. Now, uh, explain to us uh, why a ministry that has such a a country-focused name came to have a global outreach witness. Uh, How did did SIM, uh, Sudan Interior Missions, begin? Sudan Interior Missions started in 1893 when three young men decided that it was time to take missionaries inland from the coast. All of Africa had been uh, visited by missionaries, but no one had really gone inside. And so they went in, in this particular, now it would be called Nigeria. At that time it was Sudan. And they went in against um, the better judgment of other people. So, and, so they were not being cheerled uh, or cheered on. They were encouraged. They were actually being warned not to go. Warned not to now, go. Now, why was that? Well, of course, there was unknown. Of course, there's animals, but disease was the biggest concern. And um, now, the time of this is eighteen. This would be just prior to eighteen ninety three, probably eighteen ninety, eighteen ninety one. So, just nearly at the beginning of the twentieth century. Correct. Okay, long time ago. Quite a few years. Yeah. And uh, so three of these young men, they were in their 20s. Mm -hmm. They were from the UK. They went in there, and um, only one came back. Wow. Uh, Yeah, two of them died from uh, fever and dengue, and one came back. But he began to minister in there, and he was so um, caught up with the needs, what, what he saw God doing there, that he came back to the UK and committed himself to mobilizing people into the interior parts of Africa. So he was he founded the mission organization based upon the burden that God gave him for the people that he and his uh, uh, two missionary friends and brothers uh, were reaching, and he's the only one who survived the illnesses uh, of the interior of the, con- of the country. That's correct. And I believe he was about 24, 25 years old at the time, so a very young man. Wow. You know, it'd been so easy for him to have said, well, I've done my part. Enough is enough. And yet when God gives a burden uh, for one of his children for um, a people group to be reached, it's something that you just can't get away from, is it? That's correct. And that's been the heartbeat of SIM ever since that point. Their, Their whole mission statement is focused on unreached people groups. Although we are in Africa and uh, in the global South, the unreached people groups is really the focus of SIM. Well, what are some of the um, um, things that that SIM missionaries are engaged in? Their their general mission, like every Christian mission organization, is to get the gospel out. Correct. But SIM has some um, unique and 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 specific types of ministries to engage other cultures 
so that the doors of opportunity might open for sharing the gospel. Tell us a little bit about that. A big part of our new strategy is the area that I'm involved with globally, and that is in the area of business ministries. And the reason this has come about in the last 15 to 20 years is that more and more countries, especially in an area that's noted as the 1040 window, most of these countries now are closing to the gospel. And what I mean by that is they no longer give religious worker visas or um, any or recognize missionaries. As a matter of fact, missionaries are not even allowed to be in those countries. Now, Steve, explain again for our listeners who may not be that familiar with the phrase 1040 window, what, what that means. Sure. It's a longitude-latitude area of the world that pretty much covers from about North Africa uh, all the way across, including Russia, all the way to China. And in this part of the world, it represents about two-thirds of the world population, and approximately 70% of that population are unreached right now. And statistically, there is about one Christian worker for every 250,000 people in this wow. part of the world. So it's a huge area of need. Uh, that uh, Our own Roanoke Valley has a population of nearly 300,000, so you're looking at one missionary yeah. to, to reach the entire Roanoke Valley population with the gospel. That's correct. You, you know, some organizations uh, focus on on types of ministries like clean water. I have a friend of mine who's gone around the world uh, in his ministry uh, finding clean water for others. And of course, we're all familiar with Compassion International and the great work they do uh, mm-hmm. uh, with children in need. And then there's Relief Aid. Uh, but civil workers are involved in in some of these ministries as well as many others. Uh, I, I know the list includes Bible translation, mm-hmm. um, radio outreach, community development, medicine, HIV and AIDS ministries, aviation, and, and other ways. So it sounds like Sim basically takes the people that the Holy Spirit brings to them and seeks to find the spiritual gift, the personal expertise, uh, what they are uh, good at, and then help them to find a field of ministry where they can put that into practice overseas. Would that be a a fair description of sin? That is very accurate. It's taking their passions, their gifts, and aligning them with specific needs. And in many cases, people feel a call to Um, a particular country, and we do our best to facilitate that. At times, we're very kingdom-minded, so there may be a country uh, that we are not specifically in, but we do uh, secund other people uh, to other organizations. So we're not limited in just what SIM is, but where other uh, organizations might be at, because it's all about the kingdom, Brian. It's all about the kingdom. Now, Now, you've changed. You and your wife began in one continent, and now uh, the Holy Spirit has led you uh, to another location mm-hmm. on a different continent. Um, what are some of the things that that missionaries go through when they find themselves on a new field of service, whether it's their first time to ever be on mission or whether, uh, in your case, you've been relocated to another assignment? I can really share from our own experience. We spent three years in Africa and in a very Christian country, English-speaking, and uh, God um, moved us to another area, literally gave us direction of where to go, and we found ourselves overnight in a brand-new country uh, that was 99.8% Muslim, very little, if any, English, 
and we were the first team members from our organization there, I would say the thing that we felt uh, the most was isolation and being um, just all of a sudden really with no voice, no social uh, network, um, not very few Christians, if you can find them, and it was difficult to find because of security reasons. So isolation, uh, and even though my wife and I were together, we found ourselves uh, under that pressure. What a what a challenge to find yourself in a place where uh, potentially your very lives might be at risk. Correct for serving the Lord and having followed Him to where God has planted you and placed you. I imagine when you're a missionary overseas, uh, that the barriers, the fences, denominationally that we put up between ourselves here in America, the territorialism, that kind of goes away, doesn't it, when you find yourself overseas serving the mission field? That is so true. SIM is an interdenominational organization, and I have hundreds of colleagues, and one of the unique things that I love about our organization is that I've served with these people for several years, and I could not even tell you what denomination they're with because it never comes up. It's not that important. We're all serving the same God and the same Jesus. Now, oftentimes, I, I think a sim missionary, uh, they'll have their job, you know, like your area is, mm-hmm. is, is, is very specific in how you're serving the Lord, but using your background, your expertise— uh, to serve the Lord, but at the same time, that that sin missionary or family will also be helping in planting a church or supporting a local church or helping. So it's it's almost a dual ministry. Whereas mm-hmm. a church planter is a church planter, but a sin missionary might be helping with church planting and at the same time uh, seeking to make inroads into the society or culture uh, through their own professional expertise. That's correct, Brian. Our uh, one of our core values is that we're church centered. So even though we may be working um, in another area, we're going to be engaged with the church. We're always there to facilitate and work through the local church, rather than being a para ministry or anything like that. The church focus is a high value for our organization. Would you say that in culture such as the one in which you and your wife are serving in, that when someone converts? and is born again. They become a convert to Christianity. Compared to what happens in America, do the converts there seem to take on a more serious commitment? Is there a seriousness to their faith in the church and the gospel that that sometimes, because it's so easy to become a Christian in America at times by comparison, that, that maybe you don't have that same type of fervency or, or zeal in, in one's newfound faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's one of the reasons it's such a long process for people coming to faith typically is because it is a life-changing process. They, in many times, uh, give up many basic privileges. They may lose their family, lose their education. Uh, they could lose their lives, depending on the country. And so when um, we, we talk about in in our Christian perspective, we talk about dying to ourselves, and literally, um, many times, uh, these people will literally die to everything in their life to follow Christ. It's it's hard for people that have, like myself, that have just grown up in America to understand that that the experiences of the early church in the Book of Acts are still the experiences mm-hmm. for many members of yes. the Church Universal 
in countries and cultures around the globe. And we should not forget that because even though we're here in a place where in America, the opposition, the argument, the the pushback against the gospel in Christendom is is more intense than it's ever been before in America's history. It is still by far and away minuscule in comparison to what our brothers and sisters in Christ are enduring and experiencing in places just like where you and your wife are serving mm-hmm. today. And it's funny because where the pressure seems to most to be the most intense, that's where we see Christ changing lives most most dramatically and in large amounts. And some countries that I'm not at liberty to share with would surprise uh, what God's doing because we don't hear much about it. And um, but people are um, really committing their lives and living in dangerous house churches uh, to follow Christ. But God is moving dramatically in that part of the world. It's very exciting. I know you've had some pretty exciting stories, both of you've had, about what you have witnessed or experienced or seen on the mission field uh, in a way that that truly is miraculous. And we're going to talk about that a little bit, but that's going to have to wait to our next program because I think we're already out of time. So if you'll hold on and uh, we'll go in and talk a little bit more about SIM missions and some of the things that the Holy Spirit is doing uh, around the world to bring people to Christ. But for right now, friends, we hope that you'll continue to be praying and join us in praying this week for Sudan Interior Missions and those like Steve and his wife who are faithfully sharing the gospel, the good news of God with others who have yet to hear what the Lord has done for them through the sacrifice of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and how he is risen, reigning, and sooner than ever before, returning just as he said that he would do. But for now, let's be sure to keep living by his grace and in all things and always for his glory.